Jason, I've been thinking a lot about post-incarceration, and I'm wondering if you have thought about people getting released from prison, particularly people who were wrongfully convicted, and how they adapt once they're out. You know, my thing, Maggie, is that I think that the overwhelming majority of people coming out of prison, innocent or guilty, all they need is a chance, right? And if you open that door a crack, they're going to go marching through it and and they're going to, you know, do the, the best they can do uh, with the time they have. It's a lot more to it than just being free because the prison part, it was hard, but it's not harder than being thrown back into a big old ocean and you don't know what's in it or what's there no more. From Lava for Good, this is Wrongful Conviction with Maggie Freeling. Today, Devanya Inman. In the early morning of September 19th, 1998, Donna Brown closed up a Taco Bell in Adel, Georgia. She was walking through the parking lot to her car, carrying cash she needed to deposit for work, when she was robbed and shot dead. Almost immediately, 20-year-old Devanya Inman became a suspect. When his girlfriend's sister told police, Devanya had come over that night with a whole lot of money. Devanya had an alibi, though. He was with his family, including his grandmother and girlfriend, at the time of the murder. But soon, other people came forward implicating Devanya, and he was arrested and charged with the murder of Donna Brown. He faced the death penalty. After a flimsy trial at best, Devanya was convicted of murder. Years later, DNA evidence would exonerate him and identify the true killer. But that was only after a decade of legal battles with the attorney general who sought to uphold his conviction. Still, Devanya is forgiving of him and of others who sought the death penalty. I forgive him too because everybody deserves mercy. Even the people that you think are bad, you know, you have to forgive people for things that they do. My name is Devonia Tyrone Emmett, and I was incarcerated for 23 years for something that I didn't do. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The oldest of four kids, Devanya Inman was born on his grandparents' couch in Adel, Georgia, on August 20th, 1978. Adel is a small town of about 5,000 people in rural Georgia, close to the panhandle of Florida and Tallahassee. Devanya was a happy kid, a silly kid, you know, loved showing off, loved dressing up. This is Devanya's mom, Dinah. He was a loving, caring person who, you know, he would do anything for just about anybody. When Devanya was a toddler, his parents divorced, and he moved with his mom to Sacramento, California. His mom, Dinah, remarried a military man named David Ray, who raised Devanya like his own son. Here's David. I remember most about the uh, birthday parties. He always, no matter what, he wanted to be the center of attention, even if it wasn't his birthday. But we just love having fun and just opening up gifts and and eating cake. Little Devanya dreamed of being in the military just like his stepdad, who was stationed in the Army. I liked it to dress up and play Army all the time. Yes, he was putting on my big clothing, yes. And we used to just, like, go out and play war. And he really liked that. I can picture him just, like, as a little boy dressing up in military clothes. Were you proud of him? Did you, were you, did you want him to go into the military? Yes, I'm, I was fine with it. I ain't gonna say I wanted him to, but he wanted to. Devanya also dreamt of doing some kind of computer technician or mechanic work. His mom would see him putting his mechanical mind to work on his dirt bikes. He liked to ride them around and have fun. And take them apart and see how they come apart and try to put them back together. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. (laughs) He put them back together sometimes, sometimes it didn't. Devanya would still travel back and forth to Adel on occasion and in 1997 had a son with a woman from Adel. He named him Travensky. As Devanya got older, he started running with the wrong crowd and getting into trouble in Sacramento. Petty crimes like car theft. Eventually, Dinah had enough and sent him back to Adel to live with his grandmother. But Devanya's time with his grandmother was short-lived. It was only a month and a half after he got back to Adel that he would be arrested for murder. In the early morning of September 19th, 1998, Donna Brown was closing up a Taco Bell in Adel. 
Donna was 40 years old, a single mother with a seven-year-old son. It was only her second day as the new manager. Around 2 a.m., Donna was walking through the parking lot to her car. She was carrying over $1,700 in cash she was going to deposit at a bank when she was robbed at gunpoint. She was fatally shot. The killer took off with her money and her car. Devanya, at the time, he was with his family, including his grandmother and his girlfriend, Christy. Since Adele was a small town with limited resources, the police department was ill-equipped to deal with the homicide, so they called in the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, the GBI, for help. Two days later, Devanya was picked up for questioning in Donna Brown's murder, and he was held on an unrelated charge. Investigators eventually found Donna's car abandoned in a Pizza Hut parking lot. Inside the car was crucial evidence that police initially did not collect, but we'll get to that later. Both the GBI and local law enforcement sort of sweep the town and start, you know, asking a whole bunch of questions. This is attorney Jessica Sino. She's not Devanya's attorney, but she's his friend and advocate. She came across Devanya's case in 2015 while visiting the offices of the Georgia Innocence Project. Needing fresh eyes on the case, Jessica gathered her students from Georgia State University College of Law in Atlanta, and they dove in. After looking it over... Jessica was convinced that Devanya was innocent. To me, the case represented this uh, perfect storm of everything that could possibly go wrong in a case. Jessica says that right after Donna Brown's murder, the police and GBI canvassed the town and started asking questions. They eventually wound up talking to what Jessica calls a, quote, frequent flyer. Meaning authorities know her very well. She's probably served as a confidential informant on different individuals at a certain point. And she tells them, you know, you need to talk to Devanya Inman. This woman's name was Marquetta Thomas, the sister of Devanya's girlfriend, Christy. Marquetta told police that Devanya came to her home with an unusually large amount of cash the night of the homicide. So that right there sort of seals Devanya's fate. Police also interviewed employees at the Taco Bell where Donna worked, including a woman named Larisha Chapman. Larisha left work early that night and claimed not to have seen anything. But a month later, her story changed. Larissa now told police that she had seen someone hiding in the bushes outside of the restaurant and that she recognized that person as Devanya. So now, you know, you've got Marquetta Thomas who puts Devanya, you know, having the money from the robbery and, you know, essentially confessing to to the crime to her, at least intimating that he did the Taco Bell thing. And then you have Larisha Chapman who puts him at the scene of the crime. So Devanya is, you know, swiftly arrested. After his arrest, months passed without any indictment. But then two other key witnesses came forward. One is a woman named Virginia Tatum. And she is a newspaper delivery person. She gives a statement to the police, later testifying to the same in court, that on the night of the crime, she saw somebody driving Donna Brown's car across that interstate from the Taco Bell to the Pizza Hut, and it whips around the corner at high speed at like 2 in the morning. But she can state with absolute absolute certainty that the driver of the car is Devanya Emmon. She could see down to the detail of the earring in his ear, the necklace around his neck, 
Jessica believes Virginia was motivated to come forward by a newspaper ad offering a $5,000 reward for information leading to the arrest. Her story places Devanya in the victim's car, transporting it from Taco Bell to Pizza Hut. Last but not least, someone who had been incarcerated alongside Devanya comes forward. And says that Devanya confessed to him. So now we've got a jailhouse snitch. That man's name was Kwame Spaulding. So you've got Marquetta Thomas, uh, Larisha Chapman, the jailhouse snitch, and you've got Virginia Tatum, all linking Devanya to the crime. On January 11th, 1999, almost exactly four months after Donna Brown was killed, Devanya Inman is indicted for armed robbery, theft, illegal possession of a firearm, and capital murder. This episode is underwritten by AIG, a leading global insurance company. AIG is committed to corporate social responsibility and to making a positive difference in the lives of its employees and in the communities where we work and live. In light of the compelling need for pro bono legal assistance and in recognition of AIG's commitment to criminal and social justice reform, the AIG pro bono program provides free legal services and other support to underrepresented communities and individuals. On June 11, 2001, over two years since he was arrested, Devanya's trial began. The prosecutor was DA Bob Ellis, who sought the death penalty against Devanya. Interestingly enough, this sounds like an airtight case for the prosecution. The problem is that once the case actually starts to get going, it falls into pieces, like it's in shambles. On the stand, two of the prosecution's witnesses recanted their stories. Marquetta Thomas, the sister of Devanya's girlfriend, who said she'd seen Devanya with a lot of cash the night of the murder, and Larisha Chapman, who said she saw Devanya in the bushes at Taco Bell. Marquetta admits that she made up her story because she disapproved of the relationship Devanya had with her sister. And Larisha says officers pressured her, actually threatening to take her child away if she did not implicate Devanya in the crime. So with no physical evidence against Devanya, the prosecution now had just the statement of Virginia Tatum. And apparently has, uh, you know, superhero-style eyesight to be able to describe the level of detail of a car going around a corner at like 35 miles an hour. And the testimony of Kwame Spaulding, the jailhouse informant, who said Devanya had confessed to him. Kwame was given a deal to testify, a lighter sentence, and this was not disclosed to the defense or the jury. Devanya's attorney, Melinda Riles, presented Devanya's alibi, that he was with his grandmother and girlfriend at the time of the murder. But it wasn't enough. Devanya was swiftly convicted. But the jury did not give him the death penalty. They decide for life without opportunity for parole, which... I've spoken to a few of the jurors on the original case and asked the, the, the exact question, which is, why didn't you give him the death penalty? To which both of them replied, well, we thought he might not be guilty, so we didn't want to sentence him to death just in case. Which shows they had reasonable doubt. If the jury has doubt, they are instructed not to convict. Yet despite that, and despite Devanya pleading his innocence, they did. 
Nobody would believe me except close family. My mom, my dad, my auntie. And that's about it. Everybody else either knew the truth and was afraid to do something about it or just didn't care. How does that feel? Depressing. Sad in a way. Because you could have stopped something, you know, a long time ago. Before you were arrested, had you ever thought about wrongful convictions? No. It is. You never think something like that would happen. Devanya was 23 years old when he was sentenced to prison. He was the oldest of his siblings, but still his mother's baby boy. I felt like my life was destroyed. You know, you took my child away from me. And I felt there was nothing I could do. I didn't know who to turn to. I mean, the whole family was in disbelief. We couldn't believe it. During his first years in prison, Devanya passed his time by appealing the conviction, but his appeals were unsuccessful. Because the one thing we know about the criminal justice system is that it is absolutely designed to keep you in prison once you have been found guilty, right? That whole presumption of innocence is gone. So trying to overturn a conviction is an incredibly high, if not impossible, bar. Devanya says he was prepared to die in prison. Even watching TV, one of the only luxuries incarcerated people have, reminded him of his bleak reality. When you have your life taken away, it's like you can't do those things no more. So it's like you try to forget about forget about a life that you could have had versus the life that you have. Focus your mind on what's around you because Four walls can drive you crazy. The only way it can drive you crazy if you're thinking about what the world is doing. However, Devanya persisted. He continued to reach out to any innocence organizations he could find for assistance. Eventually, nearly 10 years after his conviction, Devanya heard back from the Georgia Innocence Project, and they wanted to help. Now, innocence projects usually have a fairly high bar for accepting cases. Often, that means being a case where DNA is able to prove someone's innocence conclusively, and at the same time, possibly find the true perpetrator. But there was no DNA used to convict Devanya. So you might be wondering, why did the Georgia Innocence Project take it? Well, actually, there was DNA evidence, but it wasn't discovered until years after Devanya's conviction. When Donna Brown's car was found in the Pizza Hut parking lot and returned to her family, they found something inside, a makeshift mask made from the leg of a pair of sweatpants with two eye holes cut into it that police never collected. The Georgia Innocence Project jumped on this new evidence as a potential source of DNA. In 2010, Devanya's attorneys from the Georgia Innocence Project requested DNA testing of the mask, and it was granted. 
when the DNA came out, I already knew that it wasn't going to be mine. I wanted to see the faces of the people who said it was me and what they would look like. Would they look at me, you know, and look me in the eyes, you know, and you don't really have to say anything. You can just look me in the eyes and it will tell itself of how you feel, you know. I mean, that got to be a hard thing to live with, you know, sending somebody to prison for something they didn't do. The DNA actually came back with a match to a man named Hercules Brown. In fact, at trial, Devanya's attorneys fought and were denied the opportunity to present Hercules Brown as an alternate suspect because Brown had already been on the radar of Devanya's team even before trial that he was the true killer of Donna Brown. And that's thanks to witness testimonies saying he was talking about the murder. You know, they uncover various statements from witnesses who say that Hercules admitted to killing Donna Brown. And here's the thing. He worked at Taco Bell with Donna Brown and was an employee there. And one of the former employees of Taco Bell wanted to testify in Devanya's trial. And her statement basically was that, you know, before the Taco Bell crime occurred, Hercules approached her with a scheme to rob it, basically an inside job, and they would split the money. And she said, absolutely not. And she actually quit to avoid dealing with Hercules. Her replacement is Donna Brown. Now, 10 years after Devanya's conviction, the DNA comes back linking Hercules Brown to Donna Brown's murder. Devanya's mom, Dinah, remembers getting the news. She was at lunch with David, her husband. And we just started screaming and crying, you know, and we just knew he was coming home. But that didn't happen. Instead, motions had to be filed for a new trial, which could take another few years. In 2014, Devanya's request was denied. Then another motion was filed followed by another denial. So it was like one let down, another let down. We were just couldn't believe that he wasn't coming home. What was that like to wait for so long when we knew at that point, for sure, you didn't do this by DNA? I guess it was like, sad in a way but it was more anger because it's like you didn't take long to put me here but you want to take long to let me free when I prove my innocence so I feel like it was it was wrong meanwhile the real killer was still free to commit crimes including the one that put Hercules Brown as a potential perpetrator in the mind of Devanya's defense. At the end of 2000, there is a heinous crime in this town. And two beloved members who run this convenience store in Adel are brutally murdered and, and beaten to death with baseball bats. The two people who perpetrate the crime are seen fleeing the scene in broad daylight and they are quickly identified and arrested. And one of those individuals was Hercules Brown. Had they arrested Hercules originally for the Taco Bell crime, 
there are at least two people who would still be alive today. Like the most brutal murder that town had ever seen would not have happened if they had originally arrested the right person. And there's a third murder that Hercules has been linked to that still remains unsolved today. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Devanya waited and waited for good news. By 2018, he had been in prison for nearly two decades. And for 10 of those years, this new DNA evidence implicating another person for the crime he had been convicted of was being ignored. So Devanya remained trapped in prison because every time his attorneys filed a motion for a new trial based on the DNA evidence, Attorney General Chris Carr would oppose and defend the conviction. But then, in a surprising move, Presiding Justice David Namias and then Chief Justice Harold Melton both wrote legal opinions urging Attorney General Carr to stop defending Devania's conviction. Namias wrote, quote, Of the multitude of cases in which a new trial has been denied, Inman's case is the one that causes me the most concern that an innocent person remains convicted and sentenced to serve the rest of his life in prison. Finally, in 2021, Devania was granted an evidentiary hearing. A few months later, his conviction was vacated and he was granted a new trial. By this time, by the way, 
One of the prosecutors in Devanya's case back in 2001, Bob Ellis, had been indicted and disbarred for sleeping with a confidential informant. Uh, the other prosecutor is indicted on federal drug charges eventually and, and ends up moving to Alabama. And then one of the jurors had some sort of relationship with one of the witnesses, like he, he had hired her for uh, exotic dancing and, you know, still gets to stay on the jury. Like you just can't, you can't write this in a fiction book because it's unbelievable. And a third witness, the jailhouse informant Kwame Spaulding, had also recanted. The case against Ivanya had completely fallen apart. Attorney General Carr finally stopped upholding the conviction, and eventually, Devanya's charges were dismissed. On December 20th, 2021, Devanya walked out of prison a free man. So when he did come home, and you got that news, did you think it was going to be like this? No, I didn't. I thought, I don't know. I was asking Devanya's mom about his sadness and depression. You can hear it in his voice. The happy, fun, center of attention kid his parents described is no more. He's withdrawn, soft-spoken, and looked like he had tears in his eyes the whole time we spoke. I mean, I often wondered when he come home, will his memories be of all the fun things we did as a family? Or would they be of his prison life? But I I thought he would get home and it, you know, we'd all get back to this big, happy family that couldn't be, that's always together. But Dinah's dreams of everything going back to normal wouldn't come true. Devanya came home a broken man. It's just, everybody feels I'm just supposed to be happy because you're out of prison. Well, that isn't a real scenario or a real, you know, feeling. Yeah, you're happy to be out, but you're not. But the things that you're going through is even more sadder. What has that done to you? Sleepless. I have to be really tired to go to sleep. So I might be up for two, three days and then go to sleep because it's just like you'll remember certain things that happened or when somebody got stabbed or you have like flashbacks of it, seeing it and it wakes you up or, you know, are you talking in your sleep or whatever. And you're still doing that outside of prison? It's slowed down now, but yeah. I don't know. I just feel like being in there for so long, it's like you're accustomed to one way. So when you come out here, people just misunderstand because they don't know what you've been through or what. You know what I mean? So it kind of seems like they seem weird to you and you seem weird to them. (laughs) 
Jessica Sino believes that the years behind bars for a crime he didn't commit has taken a toll on Devanya's mental health. You know, you've spent 23 years in a prison system where every piece of your life is scripted. You can't do anything without the permission of the guards. The, you know, um, you, you have to navigate other prisoners. I mean, it, it was a traumatic experience. Um, he had a very difficult time in the prison system. He's coming out into a world that he doesn't know. Um, and to a family, you know, that love and support him to pieces. But at the same time, it's a, a family that has grown without him. At the moment, Devanya's focused more on picking up the pieces of his life. He works at FedEx now, but he says it's the interpersonal relationships that are the hardest to navigate. Given how people he knew, like his then girlfriend's sister Marquetta, had lied about him, it is understandable that he would struggle with trusting others. And Devanya has had a lot of relationships to navigate, especially the one with his son, Travensky. So what's that like to now have this new responsibility of being a dad to a 20-something-year-old? What are some of the, what are some of the hardships you guys have? Mm-hmm. Me being occupied, you know, like with the daily stuff that I be wanting to do and having to, you know, talk to him or whatever because he be wanting to talk and stuff like that. But I be busy a lot. I go to work and, you know, you can't really, you really just don't want to get on the phone. Like who wants to just be on the phone all day? Devanya got his driver's license right after getting out of prison and says driving is his favorite thing to do right now. The freedom to just get out and explore wherever he wants without permission. I think the most goodest feeling is walking outside in the middle of the night and getting in the car and just going somewhere. Devanya says he's been all over in just a few months, including to Richmond, San Francisco and Reno. He says he'd like to get his GED someday, but is having difficulty signing up without proper documentation after 23 years in prison. He'd also like to mend the relationship with his son once he settles down more. Now that he has his freedom, Devanya wants people to be aware of the shortcomings of our criminal justice system and of the needed reform to help individuals with their re-entry. It's a lot more to it than just being free. There's a lot more to it than just helping someone get out of prison for something that they didn't do. You can't just stop and, okay, now our job is done because it's an even bigger task than the prison thing. You know, it's becoming, you know, accepted back into a society on both parties you know, the world and you, and people should pay more attention to that than the past or what you had to overcome, because the, the prison part, it was hard, but it's not harder than being thrown back into a big old ocean, and you don't know what's in it or what's there no more. 
If you want to help Devanya, please go to mightycause.com and search Devanya Inman. Devanya is seeking funds to help get back on his feet. Next time on Wrongful Conviction with Maggie Freeling, Faye Jacobs. They arrested me and charged me with capital felony murder and set my bun at $1 million. Okay, I'm 16 and I'm like, I had never been to jail before in my life. And so I'm scared. I'm very scared. Thank you for listening to Wrongful Conviction with Maggie Freeling. Please support your local innocence organizations and go to the links in our bio to see how you can help. I'd like to thank our executive producers, Jason Flom and Kevin Wordis, as well as our senior producer, Annie Chelsea, researcher Lila Robinson, story editor Sonia Paul, with additional production by Jeff Clyburn and Connor Hall. The music in this production is by three-time Oscar-nominated composer Jay Ralph. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Wrongful Conviction, on Facebook at Wrongful Conviction Podcast, and on Twitter at Wrongful Conviction as well as at Lava for Good on all three platforms. You can also follow me on both Instagram and Twitter at Maggie Freeling. Wrongful Conviction with Maggie Freeling is a production of Lava for Good Podcasts in association with Signal Company Number 1. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.